0: Welcome to the Strong Her Podcast. I'm Laura Voss. And I'm Allie Becker. Join us for a silly and soulful look at the journey to a place of presence as women.
1: Hey, ladies, welcome to the Strong Her Podcast. We are very pleased today to be recording at Live Oak Studios in Berkeley and super excited because we have our first ever guest star, Gail Knott, who is a digital marketing goddess and a lifestyle business coach. Hi, Gail. Hi. Hello, Gail. <laughs> Waving at you like I don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Gail is one of the most amazing human beings I know. I was blessed to meet her several years ago when I jumped off and started my own business and decided to join a uh, BNI, that's Business Networking International, chapter in the Bay Area. And soon after that, I was introduced to the program they now call Ascentive, which is business coaching, And found Gail and just thought she is right on point with what I know I am supposed to do in my life, the people I'm supposed to help, and seeing her be so passionate and vulnerable and upfront with who she knows she's on the planet to help and help thrive was just really touching to me. And so she's been someone I have been blessed to call a mentor and a friend and a comrade on this uh, crazy journey (laughs) that we call entrepreneurship. (laughs) Um, So today, Gail is with us to share how a lady is to know when it's time to take the plunge into entrepreneurship or a new business venture, and where in the world do you start? So Gail, if you could tell us a little more about you, and then I think Allie would like to just get in there and ask some questions about everything.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sure. Uh, So I've had my own business for, I think, 15 years now. Plus some time before that, and I could talk about that more about uh, my journey of becoming a business owner and uh, what what is it what is it about me? I just really love helping women live their dreams. I love the aspect of of the of owning your own business and having the freedom to live the life you want to live and uh, that's what I've created and enjoy doing so I myself <laughs> um, uh, besides work, besides business, I spend a lot of time with my family. I spend a lot of time with my husband. I spend a lot of time just staying home and hanging out with my pets. I've got <laughs> yes. six animals who I just adore. And one day I will have that homestead on my coastal home, um, on Sonoma Coast, with all my animals. But for now, I just have a dog, a couple of cats, a bunny, two birds. I think that's it. <laughs> Is that, was that Six. I think so. That's yeah. about four more than I knew you had. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm with my little animal babies, and then I've got my nieces and nephews. My I call them my borrowed babies, and um, just enjoy enjoy life. Gail, do you think you could tell us a little
0: bit about your childhood and how you grew up? I read a little bit on your website about what really drove you to this, but I'd like to hear it from you.
2: Yeah. My parents immigrated to the States from the Philippines. Uh, My dad joined the Navy. My mom was a nurse. And they have nursing programs where they would help immigrate nurses from the Philippines to the States. And they met they actually met in Texas. They actually met where that hurricane is went through. They met in Victoria, Texas. My dad jokes that RN registered nurse actually stands for reserved for the Navy. (laughs) So all his friends dated her and her friends and they got married pretty quickly and had me. (laughs) Um, And I, so just growing up, I was alone a lot. Uh, My parents worked long hours. They worked hard and worked long hours. And I just knew as I got older that I wanted something a little different, but I didn't quite know what it was. Like the first thing I wanted to be was an astronaut, but I have bad eyes. And so back then you were told, oh, well, if you don't have 20, 20 eyesight. You can't be an astronaut. I'm like, okay, so what can I do now? And I just explored different things, but at growing up too, it, part of my culture and part of how I was raised was it wasn't polite to really speak up so even though I had all these ideas at the same time I was taught to obey my parents and I'm supposed to just go to school and be a nurse like my like my mom um not be a doctor but be a nurse I'm like okay thanks for aiming high there mom dad but <laughs> okay we can't play that for them <laughs> So you, really, out, you can't really, yeah. yeah, you can't really live the life you want to live and you can't really speak up because that's impolite. And I would always say crazy stuff and I would speak my mind. And so I spent 20 years of just holding this all in until I was about twenty twenty one, where I just had enough. Like I, I was dating a guy who I was supposed to marry and he was like, he was a great guy, but just not, we were just not meant um, for each other. And I ended that relationship um dropped out of school, but don't do that, kids. <laughs> and just started exploring uh, what did I really want to do? Who do I really want to be and how do I want to live my life? And it wasn't until my late 20s when I had started my business and I found mentors that I found someone who believed in me, who believed in whatever I chose to do it's going to make a difference And it wasn't until I really had that support in my life that that I knew 100% with full confidence that I can do whatever I want to do. And that's what I want to do for other people. Before
0: you had that support, Gail, you said that you felt like, you know, you had nobody to share with, really. Mm -hmm. Did you develop any coping mechanisms for that? Besides drinking? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, I don't know. I think... I don't think I really had an outlet. The internet was just starting to to mm-hmm. come up, but I was using that more for school and for a social life, but not really f- to find meaning. I think um, how it might've expressed itself was through as I was taking care of my health. Uh, that was the first time I, was, I read the book, um, You Can Heal Your Life mm-hmm. by Louise mm-hmm. Hay, who unfortunately just recently passed away. And that book changed my life. I was dealing with eczema. I always had it. I still have like little bits and pieces of eczema on my hands or something. And I always had it as a kid. And when I moved down to Southern California, part of it was um, having a really poor diet, <laughs> living on my own, eating Spam, Ramen, and <laughs> coke, uh, drinking Coke every day. <laughs> uh, so sort the of combination of having this awful diet, um... And the 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 pollution that was in Southern California, and then the um, what's called the Santa Ana winds down in Southern California, it really kicks up dust and irritants. My eczema blew up from head to toe, and to the point where I couldn't even move because it was I was just in pain. Um, I don't know what third degree burns are like, but to me in my head, that's what it kind of felt like. So I couldn't even move my head. I was just scabbed all over. And it wasn't until a friend introduced me to an herbalist and he introduced me to Louise Hay that um, there's another way of, of being, another way of living your life. And that was really the point where I, I think I was able to express myself more through wellness and natural health. And I, I think that was kind of my gateway into discovering another way of, of being. So whatever the doctor told me wasn't exactly the complete truth. Mm-hmm. It was one side of the truth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I really expressed myself or been able to share that with someone until as I got older and I had a wellness center and was able to, to share more of this with them.
0: It's like your body kind of gave you the clue that you needed to speak up. It's like your body was speaking for you at that point.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Body definitely gives you signs. (laughs) (laughs) Right? When something is off in our lives, if I'm working too hard and not balancing it with love and play, oh, gosh, I would just shut down. But I feel yeah. like
1: it is usually the last sort of like really big knock on the door to be like, yeah. "Hey, you're not listening to me." Yeah, I, have I to like throw to think there's something really extreme in your path. Yeah, so I like to think change. I'm really
2: determined, but it also comes with stubbornness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like God or universal spirit or something like that has to really kick my ass before I pay attention. <laughs> so, I'm I'm that's part of my journey now too is being a little bit more open or a lot more open to the signs that are all around us versus. Waiting until something drastic happens. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you you had the the whole body eczema flare up, mm-hmm. and you read the Louise Hay book, and then what happened after that?
2: What happened after that? I was in so I was in school. I was studying computer science. I went into web programming and started a freelance career. I had some part-time job, some startup work and things like that, but really it was mostly freelance. And I think that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey was just like, oh, I can just hop around from job to job and this is fun and I can create my own schedule by doing this. But I wasn't really a business owner yet. Um, and I, I did the pro- web programming for a while until the dot bust and decided to do something completely different and become a massage therapist. Um, I was intrigued by the idea that I could have my own business doing it. I can make similar money. At least that's what I was told (laughs) when I started my massage practice and I can have my own business doing it. And that was another gateway into really exploring natural health and wellness and spirituality was just kind of putting my foot into the door. I used to joke that massage is a gateway drug into wellness. (laughs) agree with that yeah <laughs> and that was as I was building my business it was uh how am I going to get clients how am I going to grow this thing and people said oh well you need to network you need to get referrals and I thought well I don't know how to do that so I like a nerd I went to the library and checked out a book on networking and it recommended BNI and so that's when I joined oh BNI gosh. about 15 years ago was um the book said so so I did it <laughs>
0: How were those first networking events? I know a lot of people are very, very intimidated to go for mm-hmm. the first time.
2: What I liked about the BNI idea was that it was a meeting, and that there was structure, and you get out there by a certain time, and everyone has a chance to speak. Everyone has a turn to speak. Whereas a, a mixer, if you go to a, a mixer, whether it's a meetup or a chamber mixer or something like that, you you just walk into a room full of strangers, which freaked me out. Mm-hmm. So I like B&I. It was, it was structured. There was everyone wanted to help you. Everyone said, oh, we want and we want you in the group. We can give you business. I'm like, OK, <laughs> that sounds good to me. I borrowed my mom's credit card. <laughs> for the fees. I was still in my 20s. <laughs> <That's all> good. <laughs> and that's how I, I I got started into the whole networking world. And I think sometimes networking gets a kind of funky hmm. Feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. A bad rap. Yeah. yeah. And it's maybe we need to come up with a new word, but it's just people helping people. Mm -hmm.
0: I like that. People helping people. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: It's better than networking. Yeah. It sounds much
0: less scary, right? Yeah.
1: Much less stiff and... I don't know. I think one of the things I've appreciated about you the most is you're super OCD, super type A, which is what both of us are. So (laughs) that idea of like, what do you mean I'm going to walk into this room of strangers and just like magically? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) And so B&I has always had that feel where it's much more structured. Mm -hmm. Like you said, everyone gets to talk. Everyone gets their turn. Um, But you're also on such like a mission and heart based you know, journey where you're all about helping people find their voice and use their voice, right? And that's kind of an interesting dichotomy, I think, in the business world, especially, especially for women where we kind of always have to walk this line of being serious enough to get, you know, to make it in the world, but not overly so that we come off as cold or unapproachable. Right. And I think that's one of the first things that I noticed about you. I was like, oh, thank God. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There there are women doing this, and that makes me feel better, (laughs) And not feeling like you have to put yourself in a man's suit and play the game their way or, or that way. Not to say that every man's like that. Um, yeah.
0: How did you move from networking to mentoring? It almost feels like like a flip, almost like a transition, if you know what I mean? So you went from finding other people to surround you to like going helping and other helping other people. Yeah. yeah.
2: I honestly think it was B&I. It, back in school, I was always part of groups and I always been part of leadership. I was that nerd who was drum major and president of the Honor Society what? and what? Key does, Club. Whoa, does that and make you a nerd? Choir. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was head nerd. I was drum major. Head nerd. Good, good, good. <laughs> and as so I always been part of leadership, but I never really learned how to how to use that to help others. I I don't know what my original intention was when I was a kid. I know sometimes it was to be closer to a guy who I had a crush on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was networking, right? To he help myself to dates. But... <laughs> But with B&I, it's set up so that you are encouraged to help other members. I mean, well, that's the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. And then they actually have roles where, oh, you could be the mentor coordinator, or you could be the president, or you could do this. And I think that really set me up for that. Mm-hmm. There's also a position where you can volunteer as a director consultant and help other chapters. And when we saw our friends doing it, we thought, my husband and I, who I met in B&I, Speaking of dates and networking, not guaranteed. I should always <laughs> add that disclaimer. Uh, yes, exactly. We'll put that a little asterisk at the bottom. When we saw our friends help out and become directors, we thought, "Oh, that's cool! I want to do that too." And it gave us more visibility as well as you're helping others. And now I actually help new groups form. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that I, I launched uh-huh. two chapters so far. Nice. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I don't have I don't have human babies, but these are my (laughs) birth business babies. Yeah, exactly. My business babies.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, Gail, how you reach that. I feel like that requires like some sort of critical level of confidence before you feel like, Yes, like I can lead other people. How how did you develop that? Do you feel like you've always had that kind of confidence or was it a skill you had to practice?
2: That's a good point. That's so funny, because it's, I never doubted that I could, couldn't do it. Like, I just, oh, I can do that. And I never really thought of it as confidence, to to be honest, because sometimes I feel so insecure (laughs) about, oh, I'm a horrible speaker, or I don't look that great, or who am I to say this? And I I guess I just put that aside and just go for it anyway, because it it looks fun. I want to help others. And if I really sucked at it, they would tell me no. (laughs) Right? I love that. But I don't really know until you you go out (laughs) and Until you do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's arrogance or just blind uh, or what is that? It sounds like faith to me. I think so too, right? Yeah, Yeah. I do have a
0: lot of
1: trust. And I don't know if you feel this way, but from your story, it's always sounded to me your parents have made a very good example of that. They moved here and started this life and started a family and that's, some of the biggest steps you can make, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you feel like you get some of it from them, but that's always sounded like it to me is like jump off
2: and build the staircase on the way down. Yeah, I okay. didn't really think about it until just recently how my parents were in there. Well, my dad was 17 when he joined the U.S. Navy, left his country, you know, became a citizen of another country, traveled the world, and now you're part of the military. And then my mom, I think she was around 23, 24, and same thing, like how I can't imagine and I had a couple opportunities where I could have moved out of the country, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I really like being by my family. <laughs> Maybe my mom didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she had her friends. Her friends were her family. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty amazing when people do that.
1: It's huge. I mean, we both moved halfway across the country mm-hmm. and it feels like an insane leap and i think that's why we both connect so much to people that we see that are able to leap off and have that confidence i don't think it's arrogance at all Mm -hmm. i think it's a huge confidence and faith and just you may not know where exactly you got it from but it's i think it builds over the years to Mm -hmm. like you said a critical limit where you're like well
2: here we go i (laughs) do enjoy adventure like i do just try Mm -hmm. new new things and then afterwards my type a personality is like what did you just do (laughs) 20 bucks in your pocket 100 bucks in your checking account and you just mm-hmm. move down to California I'm like oh well there
1: you go this is good to know we can invite her on our uh, skydiving and whitewater rafting uh, podcast,
2: I would, do, live white, podcast, I would yeah. do whitewater rafting I don't know about the skydiving I'll, okay. I'll watch you guys. I don't either so
0: <laughs> I'm curious Gail I read one of your blog posts and you can correct me if I'm wrong but you said you had a fear of being wrong if that was something that you kind of harbored and how mm-hmm. you deal with that because I think a lot of us fall victim to the like, who am I to tell somebody to do this thing or what if I tell them to do this thing and it doesn't work out for them. Right. How do you conquer that and still go about being so powerful and wonderful like you are? <laughs> <laughs> your wife like I
2: love your energy right now. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you. I I think I still have that fear of being wrong. That's also part of that that go getterness um if you're if you study disc it's part of that dominant or dictator <laughs> whatever word is less offensive to you <laughs> personality or behavioral style and it's it, we do have this fear of being wrong and I think it I think it stems from childhood of whether it was school I hated being embarrassed I would get em- embarrassed easily so being called out and and being wrong and Feel like you're being made fun of by the teacher or by your classmates. I think that kind of sinks into me as well as being a kid who would just say crazy things. I've got to remember what are the crazy things I had said, because I made up the story in my head of if I speak up, my parents would get mad at me, which is probably not true. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I was saying something really, really horrible. I do Mm -hmm. remember one thing I had said I got in trouble for, but So how do you help others when you're afraid of being wrong? I believe when I'm helping, when I'm helping someone, I think the most important thing is being there and being present and listening to them and allowing that space. That would probably be the biggest step is so many people are just thinking of what they're going to say next versus being present and listening to the person. And when you're fully there and you fully listen and you allow them to say everything they need to say, I think the next part is just asking some questions of what is it about that? So if they bring something up, ask them to explore it. Because I think we all have our own answers. We just need sometimes some help of pulling them out and also being clear with it. As well as build that confidence of taking the first step. So, I don't think I have ever thought of this might be the wrong step for them. I might even think it out loud with them like, okay, let's work out these possible scenarios. You could do this, or you could do that, or you could do this. What feels right for you? And then let them make that choice. Then I'm never wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I should tell my husband that. (laughs) No, that's great.
0: Could you walk us through a little more what it looks like to work with you as a client? So I love that you listen. That's amazing. (laughs) You want to hear the story?
2: Yes. So that's the big thing is asking them, what are they looking to build? Where are they looking to create? What are their biggest challenges? What's, What's holding them back? What do they need help with? What do they want support with? Also asking them, who are they already working with? And as they are describing what their needs are, then I could put things together. That's actually one of my biggest strengths is being strategic. Have you ever heard of StrengthsFinder? Mm-hmm. Um, really cool assessment. Uh, I have a few friends who do that. And you take this assessment, you can take it online or you can get the book and you can take the assessment through the book and it tells you your top five biggest strengths. And so my number one is Activator. and My number two is Strategic. So, I'm really big with, okay, let's take all these big ideas. And then how do we create a plan kind of step by step? And then let's get done. Like one little step at a time. And whether or not I'm the right person for them, just having them figure out what those next steps are, just gives huge clarity and, and build confidence when you have that clarity of what, I'm gonna, what am I going to do next? Who, do I need support in something? What is that? And also bring clarity of what's the most important action. So sometimes with women entrepreneurs, well, maybe all entrepreneurs, but I see this a lot with women is we get caught up in busyness of life and busyness of work and business. And as long as I keep on being busy, then I'm making a difference. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we're just spinning around in a circle going crazy and not making any money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sometimes with entrepreneurs, maybe the first step might be, how can we make sure you're in a profitable business? and make sure that's on track. Maybe even a step before that is just making sure this is the business they wanna grow. I've changed business twice because I just started doing something and I loved it for a while and then discovered another aspect. So I was doing web programming for a while. I loved it because it was like this, then that, then this, which is probably what your husband's enjoying. because They're in tech, right? There's like a logic to it and you could solve problems with that. But I didn't really like just staring at my screen all day. I really liked working with people and figuring out what problems can I support them on. Um, And then after that, I became a massage therapist. Because that's what you do next. (laughs) Programmer, apparently. But I also saw massage as problem solving. Oh, you got that crick in your neck? Here's how we're going to work it out. And we're going to work with these muscles. And I love Mm. kinesiology. kinesiology. Oh, yeah. Nerd alert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I blocked it out of my head, apparently. <laughs> I couldn't remember the word anymore. So that just different things I, I, I love to do and how I can how I can help people.:
1: Are there any other steps that you would want to share with um, women who are about to jump off into a new venture or start their own business? I know you've covered a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there any other just kind of quick tips that we could remind ourselves of on a daily basis when we're feeling like, oh my gosh. What the hell have I done?
2: (laughs) No, totally know what you mean. I do something called a vision, a vision reset. When life gets a little crazy and I've lost touch for why am I doing this in the first place? I will clear my schedule for the day. And it's partly when my body says, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) You need a break. Clear my schedule for the day. And I touch on why am I doing this in the first place? Laura, uh, you, you know about what we use called the emotionally charged connection and it's your, your connection to your business, to yourself, to your spirit of why in the world you're doing this. So I reconnect with that and see if I'm still on track to what my purpose in life is. Then I look at what am I looking to create? So I'll pull up my vision board. uh, I might add to it. I might create a new one and reconnect to w- the life that I'm creating and helping others with. After I-, I connect with that and maybe take some time off, go for a walk, get some exercise, have some good food, then that's, a- that's for me, it's a way for me to reconnect to why I'm doing this in the first place. Why am I uh, not just going out there and getting a job and a paycheck? And I think that's an important thing. And it- I now do this on a regular basis. I do it once a month, take mm-hmm. like a day off, kind of go through my emotional charge connection, go through um, my vision board. Something I love doing now is have you heard of this tree bathing? When you walk in the woods, Ooh. and it's <laughs> supposedly a way to uh, recharge your energy and connect with nature. So either either to the beach, but the woods are closer to me I okay. so go up in the hills. Sure yeah, tree baby. Look, that? that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> sounds very grounded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's a way for me to to reconnect. So I think in the, in the culture we're facing right now, there's this emphasis on hustle. And it sounds like a really cool, sexy word. But to me, it just sounds stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll, I naturally hustle. I think you guys naturally hustle. So if we can hustle within our boundaries of time and then have, our playtime when we could just relax and do awesome. nothing or go to the beach. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing. Connect with your connect with your why. Hustle within a time boundary that you set. Otherwise otherwise you just work all the time. What's the point of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to start our business to have freedom. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, do you have any other forms of inspired play you love? So we have tree bathing. Oh, uh, tree
2: bathing. Uh what else do I love to do? Oh, I'm really hooked on to my planner. I didn't realize this is a big thing. Have you heard like bullet, bullet journaling? journaling.
1: Oh,
2: gee. Um <laughs> journaling. Sorry. What was the other one? Um um oh the uh, the coloring thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was coloring before it was cool. <laughs> You don't know, coloring books. I know you've got. We can we have... can make that
1: your tagline if you want. <laughs> Our guest today is Gail. Not coloring before it was cool.
2: <laughs> well, I used to color mandalas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I love that with um, uh, so coloring connecting <laughs> connecting with my planner. That doesn't sound right, but I really love. I love paper crafts. I, I used to scrapbook. I used to make greeting cards. And so now my planner is beautiful and gorgeous. So even if my life is messy, at least my planner is pretty. I mean, that's just, just feels good. It's like making your bed in the morning. I got a plan, I got yeah. a pretty planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I also love playing with my nieces and nephew. They are adorable. They're two, six and eight. And just seeing the world through their eyes is just precious. They are so much fun and so inquisitive and, um, and different personalities. My older niece is into arts. She's um, a budding painter and writer. She's written like three books now, more books than I have. <laughs> 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 and she's learning to play the violin. And then my younger niece is the crazy one who loves video games and playing outside. And, and the boy is just a little crazy, but I love that. So being with my family, especially the kids great way to to connect oh and then my animals they're adorable too a little mm-hmm. crazy as well but that's okay they
1: have to somewhat like emulate their owners right like <laughs> <laughs>
2: i knew that was coming right when
1: i said that like, i can oh say that gosh. because my dog is like the craziest pet i know and i'm like
2: well <laughs> he had to get that from somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah my dog right now likes dogs more than people and i totally connect with that mm-hmm. <laughs> like i get that I get it, but people—some <laughs> people—can be nice too. Mm-hmm. So we're working on that.
0: Gail, you mentioned that was it your nephew
2: mm-hmm. or you, has written more books than you? My niece. Your niece? Yeah, you she's written co-authored. three books. I've co-authored one book, and I'm working on a new book with my husband on uh, business relationships—the different phases that you go through in a business relationship. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Can you tell us a little bit, like yeah, a sneak peek? Yeah, yeah. Well, exclusive. It's, <laughs> it, it is. I haven't really told anyone yet. Oh my gosh. It's it's laid out in chapters, and then we we worked on a couple chapters so far. But the different phases that you go through a business relationship, I think that some people kind of forget their personal skills when they're in business. Maybe it's they maybe it's because they have to they think they have to be a certain way, and then they forget about authentic communication Mm -hmm. (laughs) and letting go of assumptions. And so it's all that kind of stuff. So when you meet someone being really, knowing if this is a good person to, to build a business relationship with. Everyone's great. Yes. Everyone's good. Everyone's great. And for business purposes, particularly if you're looking for referrals or strategic alliances, there's gotta be something in common that you want to build together. Um, having open communication. Sometimes I think people assume stuff. Oh, she never returned my phone call. Oh, she's not she's not professional. She must suck. Or the other way is, oh, she probably didn't like me. So, <laughs> so I'm just gonna, yeah, that's okay. I'll just go <laughs> on to the next. When it could have just been they didn't get your message. It could have been something as simple as that. So having that clear communication. And then as you find the right people, as you find your people, what what do you do next? What do you build? As you're building something together, if it goes wrong, something goes wrong, how do you problem solve it? It's not like a work situation where that's your coworker and that's your boss and you have no choice. And Hmm. so you have a lot of choices as a business owner. But how do we stay engaged working with people and knowing that they do want to help you? They do want to help you. Do you want to support you? Your, Your people want to help you and support you. Yeah, so that's a sneak
0: peek. I love it. Does it have a title?
2: No. <laughs> Something like the different phases of a business relationship. <laughs> Something like that so far. But that is a good point. Um, I do need to come up with a title soon because it's going to the graphic designer to get the <gasps> yeah. cover designed. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, so building amazing. was it fly the sh- fly the plane before it's built? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not fully written, but we're gonna get a cover done. Mm-hmm. So I think everything I've ever,
1: correct me, because you're both authors and budding authors. So correct me if you're wrong. But to me, I think having things like the book art or the title helps you see where you're going, right? Yeah. It's sort of like that vision board of, okay, yeah, I can see it. It is. I'm not it's, crazy. Real thing. it's not real ju- Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little scary. <laughs> so I try not to think about it too much. That's <laughs> what we do here. Or maybe that's what it we is. We make you think about it here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is, is when I'm. Gonna try something new, I just kinda leap without looking. <laughs> like, yeah, let's just get the book cover done. Sure. Why why not? not? I why mean not?
1: you build the staircase on the way down or your parachute yeah. or whatever. I don't know. There's so many analogies for yeah. that. But yeah. you can never be fully prepared no matter how OCD and type A you are, right? Now. <laughs> we just signed up
2: with we're big believer my husband and I were big believers in coaches should get coached. Well, should's not the right word. Coaches, I think the best coaches the more that we are coached, the better we can serve our clients. Mm. And so we just signed up with a coach, um, and he had suggested that in our workshop was get the book cover. And now you're the author of the upcoming book. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. tried hyperventilating, hyperventilating. Oh, yeah, yeah. for the audience. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're not really used video. to this
1: podcasting yet. <laughs> just doing that phase where you do realize you're like. Oh, hot damn. That is real. That is real, real, not <laughs> real, 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 real.
2: Yeah.
0: Gail, I'm wondering what, like, miniature Gail would think mm. of Gail now. Like, Gail, Aww. who was scared to speak up and wanted to be an astronaut, but thought she couldn't. What would she think of Gail, best selling author? Because we know that's going
2: to happen. I think she would think that Big Gail is Wonder Woman. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Loved her. love her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna make me tear up.
0: <laughs> We're here for that too.. <laughs> <laughs> we need our in-studio tissues. Yes <laughs> Magic get on that.
2: Yeah, I think little Gail is very proud of Big Gale. Is
0: there anything you would say to
2: younger Gail now? Oh, now my that you know. Goodness. It, you know? Wow, that's so funny. I just had an energy healing session with my friend, and we did that. We did i she combines energy work with NLP with hypnotherapy with all sorts of mm. stuff. I call it a zip zap. I don't know what it is, but it works. And she actually had me go back in time and talk to little Gail because I was dealing with the death of one of my parents. It was really tragic a couple months ago, and just feeling this really strong emotion around it. Big grief, and she had me go back in time and talk to Little Gale, and um, connect with a time where I was feeling that same type of grief. I don't remember the full incident, and when she had me go back in time, it, I told myself that I'm safe, that people love me, and everything's gonna be okay.
0: Cry again, no <laughs> that's That's such a good message. that's important to remember now, too. I think, when things are dark and scary.
2: yeah, I, I what I love about that kind of work and and different type of personal development work I've been receiving and taking is awareness of all that all the stories and experiences that we had mm-hmm. as little as little girls. We processed it the best we could as little kids. So five-year-old Gail, seven-year-old Gail, 10-year-old Gail, we did what we could. And those memories and those thoughts are still with us, those reasons. And so the more that we can shine a light on it and say, oh, okay, yes, that was a horrible situation. And it's not, it it, it happened and you dealt with it the best you could. And you're a big girl now. (laughs) You're surrounded by loving people. You know how to kick some ass. Yes. <laughs> you're going to be okay.
1: <laughs> that is so true. I think that's an excellent point that a lot of times, especially, right, is doing it on your own or entrepreneurs or whatever. It Sometimes it can feel like you're just like sailing out there on your own, like a lone woman. And you do, you have to stop and think, no, look at all this stuff I accomplished. And all the times I like, yes. kick butt and take names and your wonderful support system and everything. And those kind of constant reminders, I think of, I'm not just flailing out here at sea yeah. <laughs> on my own. Gail is a powerhouse that has <laughs> this amazing surrounding of people who are cheering her on and going to catch her no matter what. Right? Yeah,
2: I think you brought up two things, two really great things, is to surround yourself with people who will lift you up. His People who've known you for your whole life, your family and your best friends, they may not truly get why you're doing what you're doing. And they may say things that sound hurtful or want to hold you back, but they're more just saying that because they want to keep you safe, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the little voice in their (laughs) head. They just want to keep you safe. And it's great to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs who totally get what you're dealing with. And you can talk about what you're experiencing. You can hold yourself accountable. One of my friends this morning in my BNI group, when she found out Mondays are my marketing Mondays, except yesterday, it was more of a margarita Monday (laughs) because it was Labor Day. (laughs) But generally speaking, Monday is marketing Monday where I publish videos. And she asked me, oh, can you, can we do like an email accountability thing? So I email you, you email me, and then we publish our videos together. So, yeah, oh, so it's a great nice. way to build your support network and, and mm-hmm. help each other that way. Oh, and then the other thing you mentioned was successes. I've started journaling successes. So every win, it's like a little dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And it helps us be in gratitude with what we've accomplished and also recognize it. Because I think as go-getter women, we tend to just go, 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 and not really sit and appreciate the impact that we're making.
0: Do you have any other rituals, Gail, besides just gratitude and journaling successes? Because mm. so many people have like their morning ritual. That I they, like, know, follow the morning ritual
2: thing. thing. I read this really good article. No, it was a video of someone. Oh, actually, it was a podcast. It was a podcast with a video of this guy saying, like, don't get so caught up in the morning ritual where two hours later, <laughs> after you've done yoga and meditation and had your green smoothie and then went for a walk, you know, not not 2 hours later and then and then you're starting your day unless that's what you do but not to get caught up in everyone else's mm. ritual it's like what is your ritual so every morning i get up and i feed my animals and to me it's i feel like a little farmer girl <laughs> 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 where if i had chickens i would do that too mm-hmm. i would get the eggs feed the chickens but for me i'm feeding my rabbit which does feel farm like feed my dog my cats my birds and I just kind of connect with them. I give them pets and loves and hugs and rubs or scratches or whatever this animal likes. <laughs> and that's part of my morning ritual. I do that. I uh, what do I do? I get my coffee or my tea in the morning, depending if I'm doing a cleanse or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I read my my one-page strategic plan. So I read my my why. My vision, my mission, and my core values mm. with affirmations. So I read that, and then I start my day. Then I start my the first important thing I need to get done, kind of the eat the frog thing, which is a disgusting little thing. Like, yeah, I I want to reframe that. I don't want to be eat the frog. I want to be like eat the chocolate or something. Eat mm-hmm. dessert first. Yes. So, yes. Eat dessert first. As long <laughs> as it's the like the the good project that's going to bring in more money right yes. and abundance in your world mm-hmm. <laughs> abundant chocolate I'll i've always heard as like
1: take the biggest bite yeah that's how i've heard it yeah maybe they were talking about the biggest bite of the frog i've never heard that
2: <laughs> i don't know but we'll just yeah chocolate Let's it is a good book yeah it's a good book but yeah strange that's what guys come up with
0: <laughs> eating frogs i know
2: so I like, like we have to factor. kiss <laughs> enough of
1: them growing up we don't want to eat them too <laughs> You ever you kissed a frog? You can you can cut that out, my bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: anyway, Ali, any more questions? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually curious because I feel like we've had an undertone of this throughout our conversation mm-hmm. and before we started the podcast about like the intersection of spirituality mm. and being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and just if you want to touch on that a little bit, how your spirituality kind
2: of plays
0: into this journey that you're mm. on. Huh, I haven't really thought
2: about it that way. I think it was the spirituality part came out as I was raised Christian. I was raised Protestant and didn't become, I didn't get baptized until I think I was 19 or 20. And in that relationship that I was in, then the guy who I was supposed to marry kind of questioned my beliefs and it just felt weird. It felt off. So that combination with my health issues just had me to explore a little bit more. And the combination of spirituality and business for me, I've, I've been reading um, the Tao Te Ching several times. And, and now I have another book on the Tao Te Ching and business. I haven't started it yet. I just got it. But I love the, the idea and it feels so good to, to set a vision and set an intention and you know, set it with, with heart and love and then let go of the outcome. That to me is so bizarre because my go-getter side is like, nope, I'm going to make this much, and that's what I'm going to do, and this is what you do. like, no, it's yes, this is what you're going to create, and then let go and move forward and stay open to the signs. It's bizarre, and I think it's hilarious and funny because <laughs> I get so passionate. Like if you're Facebook friends with me or you follow me on Facebook and Twitter too especially – uh, sometimes I get a little too into the politics stuff or social justice. Actually, it's uh, my passion is more about social justice, and then I have to hold back. my like, wait a minute! <laughs> like, life doesn't have to be all about angst mm-hmm. and, and anger and all that. I mean, there's an other side to it. So, when my combination of spirituality and business allowing myself to explore spirituality and stay connected and grounded helps me in business because in the end, you know, what, what is it all for? We're, we're, we're driven to make this impact in our lives. And then poof, (laughs) we're just, we're just like reconnected into the air and spirit again. Well, that's my belief, but. (laughs) No, I think you put that beautifully. And I
1: think both things are I don't think you can untie those. I think they're both so much about faith and trust where mm-hmm. it's like you can do as much as you can do. And then at some point you do have to decide, which makes you just like ugh, right, <laughs> feel a little anxious, right, to just give it over and believe that whatever is going to happen or is supposed to happen is going to happen. And you've done all the steps you can up until that point. Mm-hmm. So I think you said it perfectly where it's like you're going to set it up and then it'll happen how it's yeah. supposed to be, right? And that's, but that's a huge level of trust that I think a lot of us are like, Uh, are you sure? Are you sure? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Allie's over there, like doing the same thing (laughs) I am. Like, okay, Deep breaths, deep breaths.
0: Yeah. That concept of surrender, I think it's such a struggle to feel like it's okay to let go because our whole lives, I think we've been taught the opposite. Like Mm -hmm. you have to control everything to Mm -hmm. make it work. So to just let that let it go and say, you know, the outcome is going to be what the outcome is supposed to be, not what I want it to be. Right. But still like not just sitting there and waiting for it to happen. So you yeah. have to like balance it.
2: Yeah, there is a, a balance. There's that kind of setting the intention and believing. Yeah. I do believe that when I said attention, it is my purpose. Like I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't think about it. It wouldn't come into my head if it wasn't meant to be there. So we, when we were, First starting off, we were talking about when do you know it's time to start your business? If you're really thinking about it, it's time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might want to just start off with a side hustle, as they call it, as Mm -hmm. the kids call it. (laughs) (laughs) You might start off with something small and grow it and, you know, save and learn. But anyone can can start a business. Mm
1: -hmm. So my one of my questions, because I do think it's fascinating to see how people delve into new ventures is. I mean, I sort of, you know, this built up, built up, built up where I was not comfortable working where I was in the environment I was Mm -hmm. in. And one day I just sort of, I don't want to say snapped, but a little bit snapped and was like, I'm just going to do this. I can do this on my own. I'm going to do it. Right. And I'm always amazed at people who are very strategic and build up, like you said, the side hustle. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes their main hustle. And do Mm -hmm. you think there's not a better way to do it? But I mean, I guess what is your take on on building it?
2: What's my take on building it. Um, just trying to think if there's another way to do it. Of course, you could just you could just quit your job and start your business. I've known people who've done that too and done it have done it successfully. Maybe they were able to s- live with a friend or live with family so that the logistics of just living are taken care of, right. or you have reduced reduced way of of doing it. I I, I think you've got to just Do with what feels comfortable for you. I kind of ventured into it with being a contractor, freelancer, and then I was self-employed, but that's not necessarily the same as a business owner. So as I switched careers, became a massage therapist, and started a practice of like, oh, I'm a business owner. (laughs) I have to figure out taxes and bookkeeping and that kind of stuff. And I didn't really make as much as I made as a programmer at first, (laughs) but I figured it out along the way. (laughs) Well,
0: let's definitely first thank Gail for being here. It was amazing to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I feel inspired just getting to meet you and hear where you have started and where you are now. I think it's an inspiration to me, to Laura, and to everyone listening. So thank you sincerely for sharing from your heart, because I felt it, and it felt really good. So Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank,
2: thank you for having me. It was so course. much fun.
1: You were the first person I thought of. I was like, this is perfect. Oh. We're right in her neighborhood, basically. And you have been one of the reasons that I was able to leap off. And I can't tell you how much that means to me. And being able to introduce you to all of our listeners is going to be huge. And... Uh, <laughs> When we're uh, more um, experienced at this, we'll have you back again, and <laughs> it'll be even better. Um, can you tell everyone where to find you online and how to connect with you?
2: Yes, uh, just Google for me, <laughs> Gail g a i l n o t t G G A I L N O T T, or GailNott.com.
0: Awesome, and Gail is our first actual interview, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we are thinking of these interviews. We heard of interviews as living portraits. We heard that but that was kind of a way to refer to them because nobody sits for their oil painting anymore. No one has like the wall of kings and queens. So we are going to have you draw your own portrait. And listeners, we will not make you listen to all of that. Don't worry. <laughs> but we will have Gail come back and describe her portrait to you. And you'll get to see a picture of it at Stronger Podcast on Instagram. So we'll cut there <laughs> and let gail draw her portrait all right so some time has elapsed and gail has meticulously drawn herself gail can you describe <laughs> your portrait for us oh
2: this is gonna be funny on instagram <laughs> i am not an artist but a traditional artist yeah come on <laughs> i am i drew my energy of Crazy purple and black hair. I don't have purple hair right now, but I saw Laura's purple hair. I'm like, that's, I love that. So purple energy with a big smile and a crown on my head. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: perfect. And your autograph is in one. Oh, app? yes.
2: Yes. I autographed it as well. Yes. In, gold. Yeah. in gold. In gold. In <laughs>
1: gold. Because
0: Gail is a queen. A queen.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. Then our last step, the other thing we're going to try to do on a um, episode basis is Finishing out with a quote. So Allie and I have just put a bunch of our favorite inspirational quotes in a jar. And so we are going to have Gail read our first <gasps> quote. To
2: Oh, it's so good. Up. Oh, I love this. Owning your story is the bravest thing you'll ever do. Brene Brown.
0: And Gail owned her story for us today. She for shared that. her portrait, and we are so thankful for that. Thank you. Thank
1: you, and we will be back soon. Thanks for listening.